0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Finding Freedom uh, here on Lions of Liberty. And before we get into today's show, I wanna tell you guys about iTrust Capital. It's the number one crypto IRA platform in the United States. Um, You can self-trade cryptocurrency, physical gold and silver, right in your retirement account. Now you get the, the tax advantages of a traditional IRA. You get them while trading crypto and physical gold and silver. Um, As an iTrust client, um, you're going to be able to log into your account and self-trade 24-7. Transactions are executed in real time and settle in seconds. They offer more than 25 crypto assets and they're growing. Um, They have transparent pricing. They have the lowest and most transparent costs in the industry by far. And they post the freeze right up front so you can see them iTrust is secure. They use Coinbase custody and Curve to secure uh, your assets. iTrust also has over 1,500 overwhelmingly positive reviews on Trustpilot. Now, here's the kicker, guys special offer here. All you gotta do is visit itrust.capital slash lions and sign up today, open an account, move money from an existing 401k, whatever you gotta do. And you're gonna get a hundred dollars of Bitcoin when you fund your account. Go to itrust.capital slash lions to sign up today. We
1: are born free and we will die free. The time in between though, that's complicated. In that time, governments, institutions, and our egos will limit our ability to find true freedom in this life. These are real stories of real people overcoming the odds, persevering in justice, and unlocking their potential. Welcome to Finding Freedom. Here's your host, John Oderman.
0: Okay, so welcome back to another episode of Finding Freedom. Today, we have a uh, very special guest. Um, If you've noticed, Lines of Liberty over the uh, the past weeks and months, and especially, you know, it having to do with with, with my shift from uh, felony Friday to finding freedom, and also, you've, if you've probably noticed on Mark's show his shift more into uh, talking about entrepreneurship and uh, becoming a digital nomad, and and uh, you know, controlling the source of your income, things like that. Um, well, recently had uh, someone reach out to me in that space who has a really exciting uh, business opportunity that can help a lot of people um, to uh, really along that path. And his name is Dallas. That's, a, that's an alias. So um, let's get that up front. I'll be calling him Dallas. And uh, the, the company is called PrivacyPost.io. It's a virtual meal Virtual mail, not for vir- no virtual meals, no <laughs> meals being served here. Virtual mail and business center uh, for location independent entrepreneurs. We'll get into you know how it works and, and the highlights to it. Um, but with that being said, you know a lot of benefits to it, obviously, uh, more freedom, lower regulation, uh, lower taxes, all that good stuff. So Dallas, welcome to finding freedom.
1: Thank you, John. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Huge fan of yours. Been listening to you, as I mentioned, for at least two years.
0: Awesome, awesome, and uh, thank you for for coming on the show, and thank you for you know what you're doing to. Uh, as we were we were talking about in the pre-show chat, mm-hmm. sort of sort of uh, you know you're kind of coming in to this uh, this marketplace with this business idea, uh, privacy post helping along these entrepreneurs, um, people who are a lot, a lot of libertarians who are now just kind of having their eyes opened to, uh, to the need for this, the need for this privacy, Mm -hmm. the need for the, uh, you know, the ability to, uh, move your income around, to, uh, move Mm -hmm. yourself around if need be, because that, that could definitely happen very soon. There could be a need to, uh, to move with your feet, to, uh, escape tyranny of, uh, you know, many different kinds. So we can talk about, get into that stuff. Mm -hmm. And we'll obviously be talking about Privacy post and, and how it works and how people can find it and, and use it before we do that let's just uh, let's talk about you a little bit I know you're going by an alias but uh, what what can you share with the uh, the people out there uh, about yourself about um, about your background and really what brought you into uh, into this space
1: sure so uh, it's more about Me just leading a fairly boring life than than a private life, but I I I grew up in the Midwest. Pretty uneventful life. I've been always a a, an entrepreneur um, since even elementary school and through high school. My first job, uh, my first paycheck was at age thirteen because my um, uh, my friends at school. I, I grew up in a a school um, that had upper middle middle class mostly, and, and I was lower middle class living on a farm. And um, my, my friends, I was kind of got in with the popular crowd and they weren't really teasing me, but they were noticing that I dressed different. They noticed I didn't have Nikes or Adidas ROM tennis shoes. I didn't have the Levi cord pants. I just dated myself there. And they would just say, well, why don't you wear, you know, why are you wearing tough skins? Why are you wearing bumper or wearing bumpers back when bumpers weren't cool? And so I I took it upon myself at age 13 to get a job and uh, go out and buy my own clothes and uh, to succumb to the peer group pressure. And um, from age thirteen on, I I had you know great parents and and involved and responsible parents. But I pretty much became financially independent from my daily expenses for school activities and and my clothing and field trips and you know uh, my car, my insurance, my my extra health care that I you know my out of pocket. Uh, from then on, and that just I've always been a, a serial entrepreneur. Even at times in my life when I you know settled down and had children, be, when I was working a full-time job for that steady you know income and, and more of that consistency, I was also, I consider myself an entrepreneur where I was always thinking. I was always had a side hustle. I, I was always like creating new ideas, you know doing things on the weekends, learning things, uh, stuff like that. So I've always been an entrepreneur. Seven years ago, um, and oh back up a little bit. I've always been a traveler. Um, well, I've always had wanderlust. Um, when I graduated high school, even though I barely graduated high school, not because I was uh, uh, not smart, it's because I was very bored and I worked all the time. Um, uh, I had an opportunity to go And of all things, ironically, be a conversation teacher in Japan. So I spent three years right out of high school in Japan. It was a great, awesome, what a shock in culture and stuff. This was in the 80s when Japan was taking over the world, or we all thought so, you know. Um, But... I've continued to travel um, through my life and settling down for kids for a while and continued to travel. Empty nester, I traveled more. And then about seven years ago, I really kind of started leaving the system, leaving the the, the full-time job, becoming what many people are becoming today and uh, becoming more independent on my source of income. And I was doing more independent contracts. I became more location independent and I decided I needed a different state that was not t- taking so many of my taxes, There's taking too much of my income and taxes. And I did my research, and um, I chose South Dakota. And um, at that time then, I, I, I went there, I got my driver's license there, I got my residency there, and that was my state I claimed for income taxes, and I haven't looked back. About four years ago, I um, became a location independent and an expat, and I moved to Europe, and I moved to Portugal. And I have maintained my um, my domicile. We'll talk about domicile later in South Dakota. And even though I'm um, as an, as a U.S. citizen, you're taxed on your worldwide income. There's only two countries in the entire world where you're where you're taxed on your worldwide income, and we're one of them. And the other one escapes me right now, but it's a very small, like insignificant country. So it's very important to strategize for me to strategize where I'm paying my state income and where I domicile. So that's kind of led me down this path. And with that, um, you know, when, when someone's living location independent, whether it's in the country or out of the country, um, they still need to choose a state. They need to choose a state that they call home for legal reasons, for health insurance reasons, for tax reasons, um, uh, many other reasons. You need to choose a state. You can't just say I don't live in any state. Um, you you need to claim one, and uh, therefore I you know I continue to claim South Dakota. And with that, you have to also have a mailing address. And um, um, I was having a hard time finding a mailing address that met my requirements of privacy. And that's one thing I did not emphasize is I am a huge privacy nerd. I am a self proclaimed privacy practitioner. I'm not an expert. I'm not a professor, there's no degree in privacy that you can possibly get, but especially after 2013, with the, with the Snowden um, disclosures, um, I really, really started paying attention to my privacy. And oddly enough, that is about the same time that I started looking at uh, leaving the country. It wasn't because of Snowden, there are other events, but you know that kind of really made me be aware of my, my privacy. And um,
0: let me, let me ask you. With, a quick quick question on that, because yeah. So when it comes to privacy, Um, there's, I I mean, my thoughts on privacy I think have kind of evolved over time here. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's it's very hard, number one, in today's um, world, living in the United States and participating in society just with normal technology having a cell phone I think mm-hmm. it's very hard to, uh, to have any privacy because even having that cell phone you've basically given away your privacy right so I'm, I'm just curious when I come across people um, who are very strong very strong staunch advocates and uh, you know of, of maintaining uh, personal privacy, mm-hmm. How, how do you handle things like a, like a cell phone? I mean, do, do you have a cell phone? Do you?
1: Right. Um, boy, do I want to disclose what my strategy is for that? Um,
0: yeah, you, you don't yes. have to. I mean, you, you right, can right. No, go no, into yes, as much I or as do. little detail as, as you're comfortable with. Here's the deal.
1: Um, you have to communicate. You have to, have, you have to communicate with people. You have to, communi- you have to communicate with your, with your circles, with your society, with your family. And having a cell phone would be almost impossible um, for me to, to give up. Um, I think it depends on what level of privacy and security you want would determine what what kind of cell phone that, uh, what kind of, you know, basically Android versus versus iPhone. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing I would say about that is um, running your own business and being an entrepreneur, and especially in the content creation side, Majority of the people, you, you, you know, uh, if, if you had an iPhone, you, you notice the difference between an Android user on the other end and an iPhone user. Do you yep. know how to tell the difference? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So blue or green, right? Yep. And um, I have so many blue conversations when i use an iphone when i use an an apple device to to message back when i use multiple devices that's one of them and for me to to not to say apple's evil apple you know i'm not no i'm not going to use apple i don't trust them i would have to be reverting to just regular sms texting because i don't use whatsapp i don't use um, um, um messenger i do use signal and there's a lot of people in the creative side that do not use signal. And you have to have that conversation with them and, and encourage them to use it and so forth. But so before you even have that conversation, yes, they're blue and I will take blue over green um, or anything else. You know, you, sometimes you just have to pick your poison. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a layer of privacy with, with an iPhone of people that's probably, you know, the privacy, the the maximalists would, will hate that conversation and they would, Vehemently disagree with that, but it is better than green. Okay, it's better than just a regular SMS text, uh, uh, plain text going through the phone systems and the carriers and the providers Mm. and blah blah blah. So, you really have to pick your poison, and you have to really choose. Do I want to not communicate with anyone? You know do Do I want to live in a in a hole in the ground or in a cave? And when you're running your own business, when you back to when you're you know you're a content creator, you're a creative person. You know, you've got to communicate with people, and I would much rather communicate with people blue than green, if that makes sense. No, yeah, it does make sense. Okay, I think so I, yeah.
0: I, I cut you off there. You were you were talking about um, getting into privacy, how you became a privacy nerd, and then yes. that's when I took took you off course.
1: <laughs> no, that's okay, and it's easy for to, for me to go to off course and go down the rabbit hole. So I appreciate you bringing me back. Yeah, so um, with the privacy. Um, You know, moving to another country, um, there's still a lot of things you have to do in the U.S. You have to do your taxes. You know, you have to do your accounting. You you know, if you're really a true entrepreneur and you're building a six or you're attempting to build, you have a goal of building a successful business. You need uh, what's called B2B. Uh, professional services that you need to communicate back within the U.S., and um, and with that you need a mailing address. You need you need a place to get your 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 IRS stuff, your your company registration stuff. You know, there's a lot of stuff you can do soft copy. You know, through your banking and stuff, you can choose. You know, don't send me a statements. You know, just let me get it off the, off the online banking and so forth. But there's a lot of things that you need uh, a registered address for, especially if you have an LLC or you know a, a, a corporation that you've created for yourself. You need a physical mailing address. For legal notices and stuff like that, and I was really having a hard time finding a service that I felt comfortable with that was that had my privacy and my security in mind. Men, most of them, if not all of them, they either use a, a cloud platform through through a third party um, that um, your information is on this big platform. What, is it secure? Is it private? Uh, that's to be determined, or they use their own in-house system that's very small, home baked. You know, maybe they had some IT guy, you know, mock, you know, build it up for them, or they took components of several different, you know, technologies and made this kind of janky, you know, service that they'd scan all your mail into for you to then quote unquote get it anywhere in the world. And I'm looking at these systems. I'm, I'm talking to these people. So I'm like, I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel safe. I don't feel se- secure and private that my information is in these systems. And you think about it for through multiple years. If your all your mail is put into these cloud services that that they're provided out there, that you can just you can just web search, and they'll all come up. The you know the top ones that will come up. If you've got two, three, four years of of all of your mail, your 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 contracts, your lawyer letters, you know, you know, st- st- negotiation stuff and whatever in these cloud services, and if that it's not a matter of if, it's when that is compromised, you know, what information about you will be disclosed to to the the ether to the dark web and the regular web and how will that information, how could that information be used against you? And what also is how can that af- affect your, what's called OPSEC, your operation security. Do people know where you live? Do they know, you know, personal information about you that will be forever out there on the internet for anyone to, you know, it will be memorialized. And it will be used to to glean information if you become a target or or that information would would maybe be identified that, yeah, that would be a good target because now we have all this information. A quick example would be Madonna. Uh, A couple years ago, her lawyer uh, in the U.S., um, uh, Madonna, she... Um she lives ironically (laughs) she lives in Portugal as well. We're we're best friends. No, we're not. Um but uh I was gonna um, ask you
0: that about Madonna.
1: (laughs) It's a kind of a joke here, but that that we're friends. Um but uh her lawyer was compromised. He was breached. He or they, the the practice, and, and, and again, that's a that's a web search. I don't have the details in front of me, but mm-hmm. I remember reading because I'm always looking at these breaches and stuff. All of her information, her not all, but what the, the 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 components of that relationship and her business that he was dealing with, that was all exposed on the internet, and she was not very happy. So that can happen to any one of us. And if we start a business, if we're an entrepreneur, and we have lofty goals to be something, um. You know, it's really important from the, from the beginning that we protect our privacy. And so that's why I came to the conclusion I need to create my own system. I need to create a system that um, meets my standards of privacy and security that I can have control over. And then also I want to then say, hey, when COVID hit, I'm like, this is a great opportunity for me to build this out, scale it out. And this is going to be my new venture. So that's how that kind of all came to be. It's really, that's like the, what's the, the saying um, necessity is the mother of all invention. It really was a necessity for me and my privacy peeps um, to have this service. And so that's how it was born.
0: Well, that's, that's really interesting. And I mean, that's like how you said that, because one way, you know, to meet a need to know you're meeting a need is to fill a need that you have yourself. Yes. Um, so you're, yes. you're solving one of your own problems. And if you solve a problem that you have, of course, other people are going to have that same problem. Right, so that's right. I mean, I, th- I think a lot of yeah. people create businesses and they get into it and they're a year or two years down the road and they're solving a problem. Like, does anyone have this problem?
1: Who <laughs> has this problem <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and i Yeah. And I think, too, what I was really – what I've been – Another layer of this whole thing is, is finding professional services that understand privacy and security. John, I can't tell you how many you know, lawyers I've talked to and, and accountants and so forth. Where, okay, so if we, have a, if we engage in a relationship and you help me with, with my taxes or my legal stuff, how do we communicate securely? And they're like, uh, just send me a PDF and password protect it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You think password protecting a PDF is going to secure our conversations and our in, in my information. I, there are so many professional services out there, John, that just they I don't get you. it and they don't understand it. They're using, you know, it's like, oh yes, send me an email and it's, you know, uh, uh, John Smith Law Firm at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, are you kidding me? And then you ask those, you go two layers deep of like, how do you protect my information? How do you, you know, how do you secure my information? And then they they don't want to answer those questions. And it's like, you know, we really don't, ah, we're not interested in your business. And so along with this business, I've been finding professional services that understand and respect and value privacy and security and are are patient with that and honor people's requirements for how their, their data is protected and how their data is, is private as, as much as possible these days. <laughs> but, yeah, so there you go.
0: So, so that could be another business opportunity of, of some kind, um, Catalog cataloging these uh, professionals who understand privacy as a sort of
1: network to yes. uh, be a part yes. of. And that is part of the services that we're building out is building these relationships. And I'm telling you, John, it has been a journey. Um, starting a business in in South Dakota. South Dakota is a very conservative. Uh, I, I boy, I don't want to get in trouble here, but I'm just going to say it. Many professional services in South Dakota they're kind of esoteric luddites with technology, and they're they're big into banking and trusts. So they're very conservative there. Mm-hmm. And um, finding the right professional services that get privacy and get this model. They're like, you know, I was uh, during the height of COVID when I couldn't travel and I'm locked down in Portugal. I'm calling these, you know, these law firms and these accountants and these business formation people in, in South Dakota. And I'm, you know, introducing myself and I'm saying, hey, I've been a virtual you know, resident of, of South Dakota for five, six years at that time, blah, blah, blah. And I tell them my business model, I'm like, ah, we're not interested. <laughs> and <laughs> they didn't get it. They didn't appreciate it. They didn't get it. They didn't see a need. Um, they didn't. And it's like, you're in Portugal, and you're talking to me in South Dakota, seriously. And in like, you know, they, it really took time to build relationships and to, to have conversations with the right people that get the model, that, that are inspired by the model, and, and get that, that, that concept. And the biggest, hardest one was getting the right lawyer. And I've got an amazing internet lawyer that is really keyed on d- data privacy and security. And the other component is to find professionals that are not transactional. Completely transactional. Of course, they want to get paid. They want. They want to make money. But finding those those. Um professionals that are not going to say oh okay uh, well before i talk to you i need a $5000 retainer and you know every time we talk if you come, if we talk for 10 minutes i'm going to bill you for minimum 30 minutes and and you know you're beginning a you know you know what i'm saying about transactional mm-hmm. and finding those um those professionals that are more oh well i be- this is a- you have an amazing idea you have an amazing business model i want to be part of that and they aren't so transactional of course they need to get paid they're not going to you know give away their 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 work for free, but you can actually go on to signal and chit chat with them a little bit mm-hmm. and they reply to you and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, it's awesome. They're not going to not gonna charge you can... for the time they spent yes, replying exactly. to your message. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, and, and John, honestly, there are a couple of these professionals that I've been building these relationships with that I have to say, can I pay you? I want, I feel like I need to pay you. Can you please send me an invoice? And they're, oh, okay, well, sure. You know, I I don't know if I've done much value for you. I'm like, no, you have done a ton of value for me. Please, I want to pay you. I want to retain you. I want to keep you, you know, in my circle of, of, of advisors. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to find those people. And that's who who we are working with. And that's who we want to continue to to build relationships with and to be able to refer other people to, to that that you know will appreciate and value that. We, we kind of do some vetting of their privacy model and, and so forth. We don't do a full audit of it, but we, you know, what do you use for email? What do you use for messaging? Are you flexible with signal? Are you flexible with ProtonMail? Blah, blah, blah. How about in, you know, end-to-end encryption? We can talk about end-to-end encryption if you want to have that explained in, in simpler terms. And you talk to these, well, these lawyers that are like, um, oh, well, we use Outlook. And uh, I don't know, we'll have to talk to our IT guy and it's a contractor that comes in once, you know, once a week to fix computers and, and, but then you get the right ones and they can answer those questions and they, they have the answer for you and they, yeah, they're, they're, they're very firm on, yes, we, we know our privacy, we've got it, we've got this down, this is what we do, this is what we can accommodate, blah, blah, blah. So, Mm
0: -hmm. so let's talk a little bit about. Why South Dakota? I mean, because it was a couple other states that uh, you said when you were looking at this, there were you know, a couple states in the running. You know, mm-hmm. there's, you know, just coming coming to top of mind, Texas has no state income tax. Florida, I think, has no state income tax. But Correct. I have no idea about the other, the other you know, privacy uh, factors that go in with those states. But wh- why right. does South Dakota come out on top?
1: OK, so South Dakota comes out on top for me. Um Every individual, every business model, every entrepreneur, they have to do their own individual analysis. It's not a one-size-fits-all to say um, everybody should go to South Dakota or everybody should go to Texas or everybody should go to Florida. But you are right. Those are the three top states for location-independent entrepreneurs, is those three states. And you have to look at several factors, and we'll talk about a few of them. Um, um, And one thing I'd like to say, and I should have said this at the beginning, this is the disclaimer here <laughs> is I am not a, a, a you know I am an advisor I, I've learned through experience I'm a tactile learner I learned through doing I talk to tons of people I read so much I read tons of case law that's why I've been a big fan of your of your show and so I, I can't you know, you, people. Please, if if you're listening to the show and if it's it got your interest, please talk to the professionals. Find the right lawyer, the right accountant, the right bookkeeper, the right business formation people. Everybody's situation is different. Um, you know, my advice may or may not be the best advice for everybody, but South Dakota was for me. Um, back to to give you more details on your question. Um, if you have roots in florida or texas that's part of what you have to do for your analysis and you have to talk to the professionals and say here's my situation you got to put it on a spreadsheet and really do your analysis of all the different variables that you have to look at income tax um, um, licensing uh, if you have a vehicle or if you have property you know uh, so forth you have to take all those and there's so many resources online That you can look at to really do an analysis to your personal situation and also back to the professionals and you have to be a little careful with the professionals so um there's a saying in the tire business and this is just because one time i was buying tires and i i don't have any expertise in this but the 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 saying in the tire business is the best car the best tire for your if you go to a tire center the best tire for your car is the tire that they have in stock Okay, (laughs) because they don't want to have to, you know, deliver, schlep anything in or anything. So, oh, yeah, the best tire for your car is we have it in stock. So I think when you talk to a a professional that's more regionally minded, uh, you know, an accountant or a lawyer that's more rooted in one state. And if you say what state's best for me, they're probably going to think, you know, our state's best for you because these reasons and they're thinking maybe they know you're that state the best. And also they're thinking, well, if I tell this person to go to another state, they, you know, I'm going to lose them as a client. Mm-hmm. So um, you really have to find the right professionals that have that big picture view of, of, of it all. But back to your question, yeah, Florida, South Dakota, and um, Texas are the, kind of the three primary states for location independent people. I don't have specific statistics on that, but if you talk to people and so forth, that's where they seem to be. Now, what makes Florida and Texas more attractive of course is the weather right but also what makes it attractive is a lot of people who are location independent with us with a winter home they're snowbirds they're not snowboarding in south dakota they're snow snowboarding in florida or texas so um and arizona's a, a close runner-up so though they're in those states anyways they've got a physical presence there so for them it probably makes more sense that you know, they put their residency in that state or they're Domicile, um, or there you can call it residency as well, and and please remind me to, to explain a little bit more about domicile yeah, we'll versus come back. residency. We'll come back to domicile. Yeah, yeah. So yeah so um, it all is is really independent on on the individual and all the circumstances. Someone you really need to take a close look and, and 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 seriously analyze everything. If you do not have a connection to Florida and and Texas, if you do not see yourself vacationing there or snowbirding there, if you don't have family there, I'm a strong strong proponent, yes, of of South Dakota, um, for many reasons we can get into. Um, uh, South Dakota is, a, especially if you're moving out of the country, if you're becoming an expat, um, South Dakota is a very serious contender to look at for multitude of reasons.
0: Hey, we're going to take a quick break in the show here today. And, you know, we're talking about privacy. We're talking about building, uh, you know, building mobile income. And uh, you've heard us talk about on the show before the Nomad Network, um, host of or uh, creator of the Nomad Network and host of Wealth, Power, and Influence, Jason Stapleton, is holding an event that really aligns really well with this message coming up on December 11th. The event is called Discover 2022. And, you know, this is right in the wheelhouse for people who are looking to really unlock their potential, to look for different ways to recession proof. Their income. Jason's gonna be talking about a bunch of different side hustles that can be started up really quickly. You can discover who needs you most and what they will pay for it. This is a free event. It's gonna help you get some clarity and vision around uh, what you need to do really in your life. So, Jason is an expert in this field, as you know, and uh, you can attend this event for free. Uh, you can do that by going to www.stapletonagency.com slash discover hyphen lions. So that link, if you don't have a pen to write that down, you can just go to the show notes page for this show. I'll have it there. And uh, you can click on it, attend the event, and uh, unlock your potential, guys. Let's do it. Yeah, and I mean, just looking at... I mean, I don't know if this factors into your decision, but looking at how different states handled the uh, you know, COVID pandemic and response to it, South Dakota remained the, you know, the most free. And you might yeah. think, oh, but if you're somebody who's living outside of the United States, why does that matter? Well, it matters if the businesses you're going to be working with are locked down or people going to be available to talk yes. to and work with. And um, yeah. so, yeah, I, I think that's, that's definitely, definitely important.
1: Yeah. And a quick story about that. My last trip back to South Dakota was about a month ago. And I was I was there for, gosh, um, six weeks or so and uh, masks nowhere, practically very few masks, which is kind of interesting, because um, this is uh, privacy post is in Sioux Falls and um, ah, there's a Sioux lot Falls. of healthcare very, people.
0: Very nice. I love it, Sioux Falls.
1: It is. And we'll talk more about that. And, um, Sioux Falls, uh, you know, there's a lot of medical people there and there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, private colleges there. So there's, there, there are some progressive, you know, uh, circles within Sioux Falls. It's, it's a fairly eclectic town, but still not a lot of masks. So I was not wearing a mask practically the whole time I was there. And I come back to Portugal Get on a get in late on a, uh, on a on a on a weekend, and the following day, I had to rush to the store to get some supplies. And I'm in the 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 grocery store, and I'm way in the back, and I just felt like people were just like glaring at me. I could just feel those like those laser eyes, and I'm like, what's going on? You know, I, I'm fairly I'm, I have I'm fairly sensitive to what you know my surroundings. I I try to be um, you know have heightened situational awareness as much as possible. And I've just felt like people were staring at me. And it's like, you know, I was wearing cowboy boots. And sometimes people look at that and they, they don't see cowboy boots in Portugal very often. But anyway, so I am in the back corner of this, you know, mid-sized market. And the, the 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 person in the deli, she starts yelling at, not yelling, but she's like, "Mashkada, Mashkada," And she's pointing to my face. I'm like, what? And I'm like, oh my gosh. I, and I, all of a sudden, I instantly felt naked. I wasn't, I didn't even have a, I didn't even have a mask with me. <laughs> and so I had to go buy. I'm like, what do I do? And she made me go to the door. And then she went and got a box of masks, a box of a hundred. And I had to buy the whole box. And I said, I tried to put them in my cart and I'll buy them when I check out. And she's like, no, 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 you buy them now. <laughs> Jeez. She took my money, went in rung it up and came back and I put on a mask. And so there you go. So yes, it's, it's a big adjustment, um, uh, being there and, and things there, you know, they still during the height of COVID last year, they still had, um, a Sturgis rally. Um, there were talk of it being a super spreader, but I don't think that really culminated to that. Yeah, I don't Um, think it
0: culminated at all. I mean, I think that basically even, even the, you know, the most, uh, church of woke, uh, COVID, uh, type people, I think have come to grips with the fact that outdoor spread is not a real thing. So,
1: right. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that was a big adjustment for me. And, um, but yes, to your point, um, uh, South Dakota is, you know, they're, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're not the, uh, the typical, um, um, stand on, on all, all of that stuff with, with the COVID and all the restrictions and stuff. They are open for business. <laughs>
0: so um, you've brought up a couple of times um, domicile and, and, yes. and what that means and how how is it different than uh, you know a residency?
1: It's a huge difference, John, and people really need to understand this. And that's one of the really the big things here I want to – bring to this show and talk about, you know, we, you, you've, have you heard, and this is, it's funny that not a lot of people have been, um, uh, aware of this, uh, this phrase called the great resignation. Have you heard that term? Yes. Yes, I have. Okay. And that's also a, a very show that that's the big quit. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, now a new one. As I was just kind of putting my notes together for for here, was a Striketober. I wasn't even aware of that. Apparently, October was a big month that people just kind of said, "I'm done. I'm done with this really? nine to five BS." Yeah. But, anyways, um, with that, uh, a lot of people are they're they're they're, they're voting with their feet. They're moving. They're like, okay, I'm done. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, gonna have, I'm gonna be my own boss. I'm gonna start my own business. I'm, I'm gonna be location independent. I've been stuck in this with this, you know, COVID stuff. Uh, why do I have to be home? Why can't I be on a beach and somewhere else and working remote if I'm working remote? You know, all these things. And so people are then starting to, you know, decide, well, wait a minute, if I'm not in this state, why am I paying this state income tax? And they are looking at the numbers and they're going, this is crazy. So they're they're changing their state that they're that what most people call called their their state that they reside in, that they claim. And um, the true term, there's a difference between um, residency or where you reside and your domicile. Um, They they oftentimes are intertwined and people get them confused. um, But really, residence or where you reside is where you physically are. You you can be physically in an RV. You can be physically um, uh, in in a cabin, in an Airbnb. Uh, you can be physically anywhere in the world but where you legally domicile back to that state that you choose as what you call home that you will someday return to that you that you refer to that um, once people say where are you from well i'm from new york city um the the place where you go see all your doctors the 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 state where your taxes are filed uh the you know where your will is registered or you know where you claim your will and stuff that is your state of domicile you can have many residencies you can you can have you can be a multi-millionaire and have a hundred homes around the world and you you can they can be all residents re, residencies of you but you really have only one state that you domicile and you need to choose that state so what many people will do is they'll, they'll let's say they, they have a cabin. No, no, I'm sorry, they're not a cabin. They've got a, a, a winter home in Florida uh, with an RV. And they, let's say, I'll pick an easy state to kind of geographically locate to, to South Dakota. Let's say they live in Illinois and uh, they live near Chicago and they just got, have god awful, you know, taxes and surcharges and everything else. And they're just, they're sick of it, but they go to Florida for two months. Well, they're like, okay, well, we're going to Florida this winter. Um, let's take a detour up to South Dakota. Let's go ahead and, and, and stay there one night. That's required to become a resident. And let's go get our South Dakota driver's license. Let's go get our South Dakota plates. You can all do that within, you know, one business day.
0: So you only need to let's, be there for, for
1: one day in order
0: yes, to.
1: One night. One yep. night. One night, and let's get our driver's license and our in our our plates for South Dakota, and then let's go head down to to Florida. We now reside in South Dakota, but they are only. They're claiming everything in South Dakota, but they, they spent two months of the year in Florida, you know, the snowbirding months, but they go back to Illinois. They have family there. They've got their, their church there. They've got their banking there. They have everything there. And they're like, no, no, we don't live here anymore. We, we're, we're, we reside in, in South Dakota and we spend our winters in Florida. And I guarantee you, John, a lot of people fly under the radar under that model. And I know many, many people do it, but the tax man's coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the states want their money. And if you are one of those unfortunate people that are running under that and flying under the radar and trying to 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 justify that model, when the tax man comes, when the state tax person comes, it is not you are innocent till proven guilty, you are guilty till proven it. The burden of proof is on you. Yep. And they're gonna ask, you know, about seven questions to verify, you know, where you reside. You know, what does your Facebook say? What what is your do, your doctor's your 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 dentist your your veterinarian um, um your your church you know your mailing address um your uh, um your voting where do you vote where are you registered to vote and not only where are you registered to vote do you vote that is a really key one so someone may go and automatically register in South Dakota but they never vote. Okay. Where do you, you know, where's your care provide your care insurance policy, say you live and, and stuff like that. So they, they, they do this shell game and they just do the bare minimum. And eventually many, not eventually, but many of them do get caught. And it's then the burden of proof is on that, that individual to prove otherwise. And they aren't very, especially on the, on the coasts, they are not very um, agreeable in those situations, and it takes a, it takes a lot of, of justification and could take a lot of you know, maybe, maybe legal action and so forth and time to justify where your, your domicile is. So um, it's, and people, people get their res- residency and domicile confused a lot, but really people need to understand and they need to focus and they need to meet the minimum requirements for a domicile. So when if that time comes that they can justify where they domicile, what state they've chosen is legally true that that's where they domicile and that's where they call home.
0: So the minimum requirements for for a domicile um essentially are basically what you were naming you know where you see your doctor um mm-hmm. wh- where your your church your place of worship would be um wh- where your banking is um the thing that things mm-hmm. where you vote where you're registered to vote and and where you do vote um yes. things like that
1: yeah. And so there's things you can do to mitigate that. Um, and, and again, these, oh, not again, but these things I was listing, they're different for every state and situation. There's some general things that you, you could look at. It's a big one. If you say, I no longer live in Illinois, but yet all your medical records indicate that you uh, see your doctor when you're, you're home visiting, all your family members, you've got Facebook pictures posted all over of, 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 of you know going to to baseball games and so forth in chicago and and all of these things point you to illinois and you are trying to see, and that's the other thing too is you know you you may be saving 50 60 70 thousand dollars a year you know in taxes by being someplace else and but yet everything that's everything in your life points you to illinois good luck on that one you know, yeah. and you know, and as things have been unraveling, and people are moving more, and in taxes, the, the the infrastructure, and you know, business offices, people aren't going into the office anymore. You know, uh, cities are becoming. You know, a lot of. You know, I, I think there's still we're we're a little behind in realizing how much our economy is changing because people are not going into the office anymore. Cities, people are leaving the cities. But it's going to get worse as far as um, um, taxes and, and making sure every, every state is getting everything that they can from from their their tax base. And I think that's going to be yeah. uh, become even more. And, and right now is the, you know, to do your strategy and do your plan is right now. You don't you know if, if it, it doesn't matter until it does, then it's too late. And that also falls in with privacy. Um, privacy doesn't matter until it does and when it does matter it's too late mm-hmm. and you know we really have been focusing more on the on the on the strategy for for finances but they but they both do co- go hand in hand and what I say to people on those is you there's three pillars of freedom that I really focus on freedom of expression freedom of association and freedom of movement we've been mostly talking about freedom of, of movement a little bit of freedom of association mm-hmm. but yeah so so um, yeah, so that long a long uh, explanation to your question, but I hope that was helpful.
0: No, no, that's uh, that was very helpful. Um and I mean somebody l- like myself, so thinking about this, if I wanted to to make that to, to do the to mm-hmm. make South Dakota my domicile, I have a, a daughter, so if I, you know, if we South Dakota is, is where we live. It's our residency, primary residency. But if I'm still living here in uh, Pennsylvania or somewhere else, <laughs> and she is attending school, I would think attending school, a child attending school, would be, um, you know, some one of those markers that would be hard to uh, hard to get around when the tax yeah. Comes so for, as
1: far right as far as for you, I I that again that would be up to the professionals. But I don't know how that would connect to you. You can you know you're an adult, she's an adult. Um, actually, okay. In my opinion, this is just my opinion. Mm -hmm. If they're like, well, one of the questions that could be asked that need to be justified is let's say that you were truly out of Pennsylvania and, but yet you are going back there to visit her. They're going to be like, well, when you return back, let's say you were an expat, you were living out of the country. When you come back to the country, which, where do you go to? That would be one of the questions for Mm -hmm. an expat. And they're gonna say, well, you know, okay, uh, yeah. Every every time I come home, I fly into whatever airport in Pennsylvania, and uh, um, so yeah, I go there and I spend mm-hmm. time with friends and family. But you can say, I think there could be a justification there if there's other if there's other um, uh, questions that are, are correctly answered, unjustified, um, that. My daughter goes to, to college there. That doesn't affect my residency well, she's, she's there. She's
0: six go- years old, so yeah, she's uh, elementary school. So.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you, when you said school, I thought you meant yeah. You're right. Okay, yeah, yeah. that would be a little bit tough. Um, yeah,
0: no, no. But I mean, I think I think that is a good point. So if someone did have older kids, I think there yes. is definitely that flexibility would be there yes. for sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: If you are then visiting for, for friends and family, if you're mm-hmm. going back there, that's part of like, you know, where's your, where's your, where's your community? That would be one of the questions. And, and, yeah. well, I'm, you know, my, my daughter, she's at the university. I go visit her, you know, that, yeah. that's why I go back to, to Pennsylvania. I mean, and I think it would also be depending on it. You know, if you are still, um, um, if you, if you have physical you know, shared physical custody of the child and how that works. If that was a situation for someone, mm-hmm. you know, those things would really require the, the, the def, the, uh, you know, the, the consulting of, it, of an accountant and, and a lawyer to really figure out how that, that would work.
0: Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I think the takeaway for me is this is, and you've talked You I mean, you've, you've said this too. It's uh, very personal um, you know, this isn't like yes. a, a boilerplate template like you just do this, fill out this form. Yeah. And, uh, it's it's very personally tailored to you, your decisions, your, your needs and uh and things like yeah. that. So that's, right. that's One of my biggest takeaways. Um I, I wanna yeah. get into talking about the specifics about um privacypost.io, mm-hmm. um how it works, um if somebody wanted to use your services what steps they would take if you can kind of guide us down that path. Sure.
1: So um, with, with privacy post IO um, that's in in part of our trademark name is the website, the URL. So that makes it easy. That's where you go to get information. And what I want to emphasize is um, we live, eat and breathe privacy and security. Um, Our foundation, everything we build, everything we do is on privacy and security um, the website, uh, it is a static website. It's very simple. It's basically you just scroll down. It's one page, but you scroll through all the information. Um, it's very transparent, and um, it's if you are a privacy nerd um, and you understand cookies and you understand links and you understand, you know, how, when you go to many websites, they're connecting you to Facebook, they're connecting you to Google analytics, they're connecting you to all these things. And next thing you know, you've got all these eyes on what you're doing. Um, we don't use, not, we use none of those on, on the site. Um, the site, um, the privacy policy um, is on the bottom. Uh, you can read it. It's like a paragraph because there's just we're not doing anything with your information when you when when you are, you're on our website. We have no Google anal- Analytics, we have no analytics running on it at this time. We may do some open source later, but that's not a priority. We have no cookies other than what's required to um, uh, to view, you know, to technically required to to view the information. So that's really important. Um, I really get tired of seeing these companies that say that they all oh, they you know, you're uh, our privacy, your privacy is our top priority. And then you go look, if you if you know, if you have the right technology and you're aware of the right tools and, and um, 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 extensions to put on your browser, you see how many things there, you're connecting to Bing, you're connecting to Twitter, you're connecting to Facebook, you're connecting to, to Google Analytics, you're connecting to all these services that are potentially monitoring and monetizing your every click. So none of that is, uh, is on our website, but the website's very clear on the services we provide and and who they're for are kind of our target audience. Um, the other thing with the website that's a little different is our pricing looks more expensive than other services. If you just were to virtual mail service, South Dakota or virtual mail, you'll get the top ones that are like, oh, we have 2000 addresses across the country, and blah, blah, blah. Um, and their prices are gonna come up at nine ninety five month, okay? So there's two ways uh, prices are de- are deceitful in most services and I've even seen these in the more the local services. Um, and you'll see this a lot with software and stuff like that. They'll say, oh, it's only um, $9.95 a month. And you're like, oh, okay, that's pretty, I'm gonna sign up. And you sign up and it's like, wait a minute, it's only $9.99 a month if you buy one years of service. If you want it to pay monthly, it's $12.95. And they don't get you the, they don't get you until you're actually in the in the you know in the in the checkout. So the way our numbers are on the are very transparent and very clear. We list the annual, the yearly price and the monthly price. So our monthly price looks more expensive because we don't do that trick. Um, but it's actually very transparent of what you'd really be paying. The other thing that we do that's different than these other services is, they will give this crazy stupid nine ninety five a month, and uh, but then you read all the details and it's like oh you can receive ten letters a month for that nine ninety five then it's a dollar or fifty cents for each letter. Oh, we'll scan ten pages. the for the month and then it's a dollar or something you know for each additional page and most people um that are using services that could you know there are some some outliers out there that really only have one or two pieces of mail a month and that works perfect for them that's great but many people they find that all of a sudden that 995 after the additional surcharges and so forth and additional scanning and other features in in the extended storage of the mail that ends up being twenty thirty dollars a month, and that's really their goal is to get it up to twenty thirty dollars a month, and that's where we're at at the beginning. So, people who see that, and if they're just looking for, um, you know, if they're just looking at this for the, the the cheapest service, we would not be the cheapest service, but we're cheaper than our numbers look like from the beginning. If you really take a look at the services you're getting for that, the price that that we're charging.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, so I know exactly what you're talking about because with our uh I'm actually resigning from being the treasurer of our local libertarian party. But when I was the treasurer, I know how our mailbox is set up and all that stuff. And that's exactly what they do. It's very cheap to get in the door, but then you got to pay $2 to shred and you got to pay uh, yes. extra storage fees. And you, so, yeah, that, they, they just jack it right up. Yeah.
1: Th- thank you for th- – uh, that's good. I didn't ask you that question. So that's good to know that you actually have re- – and we'll talk a little bit about your libertarian – or whatever your group or whatever and using the service so um just to just on that a little bit about the privacy what you're talking about the shredding um Mm -hmm. shredding is part of this we we, you have no choice okay we we shred everything Mm -hmm. (laughs) we will shred everything when packages come in before we recycle a box we pull off the identifying information on those packages and then we shred that okay so it's part of our core service is the shredding. We mm-hmm. and, and it really I think it's ridiculous when you see these these pricing models it's you know, oh 15 cents a page to shred. Who in the heck is gonna sit there and count how many pages they shred, you know, a business? Correct. That's just and then how are you as a as as a customer gonna go, oh wait a minute, I spent eight dollars last month in shredding? How do I know this? And going through and counting all the, the pages in your your scanned mm-hmm. mail and and and, and and really determine it. I think it would be so easy for him to say, oh, okay, I think it was five pages, about five pages, and then try to blah, blah, blah. And you so know, that's probably what happens
0: a lot of time. Yeah.
1: yeah, right. And yeah, so, and the other thing too to, to to remember about those is is when you'd go look at those 995s and they um, there's two points with those that are, that are like, you know, 2,000 mailboxes around the world. First of all, look at their privacy policy. And if you're a, if you're a geek that can really take the time to read that, look at their privacy policy and you're going to be shocked. What you read, if you really take the time to read that. Secondly, those two thousand mailboxes—that's not theirs. They don't own them. Mm-hmm. Those are mom and pop uh, stores, you know, mailbox stores and so forth. Most of them are independent. They could be like a UPS store or whatever. Um, they sign up for these services, so the they're a third party. To the third party that's taking care of your mail, and so that mom and pop that's using that, they think, "Oh, this is great! Yeah, this service is going to be really cool." And I've talked to quite a few of them. They like they start doing it, and they realize they're they promised all these customers, they're promised you know all this you know extra revenue in their in their little you know their little uh, pack and ship store, right. and they realize it's not coming, and then. Maybe the the hundred or whatever people that through this mail service that signed up for them have changed all their legal addresses, have changed all their return mailing addresses, all their billing addresses have been changed to this 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 you know this big two thousand whatever you know cloud service, but really it's a mom and pop and the mom and pop says we're done, we're not going to do this anymore, and they say we cancel, we're not going to we're not going to take the mail anymore, and then this big cloud service is canceling you know your address, and you're like wait what. You know, I got to go change everything. I, what's going on? And then you also have to look at, you know, the the supply chain of, of your information. It's like who's scanning it? How many different layers of people that are not accountable for that company is touching, handling, looking, seeing your mail?
0: See now that's yeah. a good point. I, I want to dig a little deeper there on the different differentiation between these types of services, the mom and pop places, the place that you know my local libertarian mm-hmm. party has a mailbox, yep. and yours, because that's digging into the, the privacy element of it. So how, how does time. your service differentiate there?
1: Okay, there's there's a few different things, and I have to be I have to be thoughtful here on sync. I don't want to disclose too much, but um, uh, we when you go to our website. That is our, it is not our entire building, but that is the building that um, 112 South Main is the legal address. If someone, let's say the Libertarian Party were to use that address, that Mm -hmm. is the legal address. Google Street View shows a legitimate business office business building. They don't show a UPS store or, uh, you know, uh, uh, I I don't want to use a commercial name and get in trouble here, but, you know, know, uh, Joe's Pack and Ship you sure. know uh, something and you, you you try if you want to have a persona of, of having a, a legitimate business and someone google street views and they're like oh wait a minute that's a shipping store you know <laughs> exactly that's a yeah you know. so that's one thing um but the other thing too is that what we have negotiated with um, the owner of the building and stuff we have a very a specific area an office um, that's um, very private we do not have a public entrance. We don't have foot traffic. We don't have a reception. Nobody can just come. You know, open. we don't have a business hours on the door. It's a. There's no signage. There's nothing to indicate our office, um, and we do not allow people. We we treat the office, the mail center, uh, we call it the back office, um, and and the and the data storage. We treat that like a data center. Um, as far as security, as far as who goes in, who goes out, um, you know, maintenance can't just come in uh, without notice and and you know off hours or whatever and fix something unless it's a, of course unless it's emergency. We have specific protocols in the contract of who can who can access the office without us being present, and we need first. We need first attempt to be there. Um, we have a protocol to make sure that in town staff would be there if there's an emergency, You know, short of a, you know, a fire that, you know, that you know, started combusted and there was no time to, you know, to make a phone call. Of course, they're gonna go in and put out the fire. But so that's how we are different in those aspects. Um, the other aspect is there's no third party. Everything we do is our staff, our team. And to go even, drill down even further than that, everybody on the team, I don't care if they're scanning documents. Um, we do our own cleaning, so we don't have you know cleaning staff coming in for, for, for reasons as well for privacy. But any person that's doing anything that has access to the information or access to the office, they are expected to understand, learn, train, and have the intuitive intrinsic traits of a, a someone who cares about privacy, someone who doesn't take shortcuts to say, oh, you know what, I'm tired of typing in this long password every time I'm just gonna change everything to summer 2021, you know, stuff like that. So everybody is a cybersecurity data privacy expert um, within now, are they all, you know, as far as, you know, are, are they, you know, um, Computer programmer levels of of data privacy or cybersecurity experts no. but everybody is expected to know and understand what our requirements are for data privacy and security. Kind of, I, I, should, have pref- I should have started with this. It's kind of like the military. It doesn't matter what your um, role in the military is, whether you're a, an admin or whether you're actually, you know, you know, commanding a tank. Um, you are a soldier first when you're when you're in the armed forces. Everybody learns the basics of being a soldier, and that's their primary role. Then they learn their ancillary specialty after they've learned those core, you know, sets of skills of being a soldier. Mm-hmm. And when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if they're a cook, a line cook, or, you know, if they're swabbing the deck of a ship, if, they, if they're they a soldier or uh, whatever it would be in the Navy first. Does that make sense? No, that that makes Perfect sense. Yeah. They are, yeah, so,
0: um, they are experts in their, in their craft. Um, like yes, you said, they're not, they're not computer programmers, but if you had a bunch of cybersecurity, you know, privacy expert computer programmers, you'd be paying yes. them a ton of money to do things that are uh, <laughs> exactly. way, way over their yeah. pay grades. So.
1: Yeah. And so we have certain ways we vet them and clarify and have a certain expectations on, on how privacy and security, um, is maintained so we take it very seriously um all the way up and down the line so
0: so question and i had to look this up beforehand because I, I wasn't mm-hmm. familiar with it um warrant canary so yeah one you advertised is a warrant canary process mm-hmm. um, can, can you explain uh what that is and I don't know, okay. you probably can't go in detail about, you know, what your process is. Yeah, actually,
1: year. for most of the part, yes, I can. Okay. That's okay. Be, um, but there's one part that i probably not to disclose. Um, um, but this is kind of, we're, we're kind of pushing the envelope on this Warrant Canary. Uh, warrant Canary can, you know, it depends on this, what this, what um, uh, certain individuals and businesses have the stomach for, for a Warrant Canary. Um, it has gone through legal review. And uh, everything we're doing so far looks good. And that's what our plan is at this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but a Warrant Canary is basically, um, how can I explain this? Um, a, war- a Warrant Canary is very known within the privacy peeps world, but for, for many people maybe in the libertarian sector, they may be heard of, but they really don't know what it is. A Warrant Canary is a way to inform um, the customers of a business that a warrant has been placed upon an entity within that business if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So typically these days especially since 9/11 and with the uh, national security letters of you know needing specific information on specific people that are using a, a, an ISP or phone system, you know, fo- phone records, uh, cell records or so forth. Typically what happens when um, they go to the third party, and this is called the third party doctrine, if anybody wants to look that up, there's lots of caveats to that. It's not a cut and dried thing, but there's, there's a lot of legal case law and legal law and legal review on what a third party doctrine is. But um, when a third party holds your personal data and uh, a legal entity comes and requests it, they'll, they'll request it usually with a warrant. And with that warrant, they'll have a gag order. And that gag order will say, "Okay, we want all the information on this customer," and this gag order is, is, is um, uh, this gag order is demanding that you do not inform the customer that we were getting all this information. Mm-hmm. So a customer has all their mail with us, let's say for two, three years, whatever, and a warrant. Uh, comes in for that individual, all of their information, and it will come with us with a, uh, um, a um, uh, it will come with a, the, uh, it, the search warrant, will come with, with the, the gag order. So then we cannot inform the customer that, oh, by the way, uh, we had to give all your information you know, to this legal entity, we can't say a thing. So with a warrant canary, you don't tell people you don't tell your customers that you that their information has been given to a legal entity. You tell them in a certain sequence of time that their information has not been given to a legal entity. And if you miss informing them that their information has not been given to a legal entity, and if they're keeping up on that, they can but they can assume that their information has been given to a legal entity. Mm. Does that make sense? It
0: does make sense. Yes.
1: So the fact that you have not informed them that they have not, their information has not been given to a legal entity, and you just don't, you you don't inform them for that sequence of time, whatever that is, and we, we have different levels, then they can assume that their information was... You know, given to a, a, a three-letter agency, or or the I know IRS is a three-letter agency, or a tax, you know, a tax, right. uh, a state, you know, tax department or whatever that their information has been given, and that would be a um, that would be a plausible situation where a tax authority says, okay, we want all the information for this person because we don't believe that they really reside in the state, you know. So then that would trip the warrant canary, and then in that that next rotation of, inf- of informing them, disclosing to them that they ha- there has not been a, an inquiry for their information, um, they would not get that, that, mm-hmm. uh, that disclosure, that nope. And then they, if, if they're on it, they'd say, wait a minute, I didn't get, I wasn't informed that they and then they'd say, what, what just happened? Then they can assume that their information was given to some agency. Right. And and move forward from there. That's, that's really interesting. So that would be very, like to these organizations and that, and that's where we're talking about freedom of association and freedom of expression.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, We want to know all the people on the mailing list for this, this libertarian party. So let's do a warrant for all the mail for this libertarian party. We want to know, we want to know all of them that are on the mailing list or who are receiving mail or whatever, Mm -hmm. Okay, and then that would be an easy thing for them to do, and then they they could that that would include a gag order, and then you, the leader of the or the Libertarian Party or whatever the organizer, whatever you you Mm -hmm. you you never are informed that uh, you're none the wiser that all your information was shared with uh, with the three letter agency TLA.
0: Yeah, that's pretty neat. Um, So. I've asked you a bunch of questions and I feel like there's a chance. There's probably something I've missed <laughs> that is important for you to talk about. So um, um, we're, we're running out of, out of time here, but I just want to give you the opportunity. If I, if I missed anything and there's something important that you really wanted yes. to, to bring forward and talk about, um, do that now.
1: Right, and I, th- I think there's just so many moving pieces to this, and I I, I really want to focus so that it doesn't get overwhelming to to explain to people. But I think the important thing I want to to relay here and impress upon people on you know on this, this in this discussion is, as everyone's part of doing this, you know this this great resignation, this big quit, this you know, voting with their feet saying, you know what, I used to go to Florida for three months a year. Um, Now I'm going to, I'm going to go seven months a year and I'm getting out of this state. I'm done. Um, People need to really be intentional in how they 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 organize their business. It doesn't take a thousand dollars. It takes hundreds of dollars. Organize their business if they if they're going to create an entity. And you need to do that for privacy. You create an entity. You don't register things in your home address. You don't have to register things in your 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 personal name. You don't associate other family members or so forth um, um, and their addresses. When you do these resi- when you when you when you sign up you know for an LLC when you register a business a trademark or whatever a domain. I mean, it's getting more, it used to be, you know, people would go to GoDaddy and throw in their, their personal address like, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm just starting. This is kind of a hobby right now. And then they get big and and they get, a you know, the podcast going and they've got, you know, thousands of followers and somebody can look at their domain registration. Oh, there's their home address. Bing. It's really important from the beginning to be considering and being um, being respectful about privacy and building everything with privacy. And that is one of the Big bonuses of South Dakota. You can do all of that with a layer of privacy. And if anybody wants to really understand what are the some of the other benefits of it, and we didn't talk about this. Is if, if you've heard of Pandora Papers, have you heard of Pandora Papers, John? I have not. No. Okay. Just you can quick Google it. Not now, but mm-hmm. um, Pandora Papers. You know, South Dakota is a very common place for people to put their trusts and stuff like that. And we're getting to a point in our society where where if you shelter your money, if you shelter your privacy, you are the evil, rich, selfish 1% that don't wanna pay your taxes
0: if you protect your own okay. wealth protect your own Two, family yes. you're an evil person yes. that's exactly yes. what
1: it is. Yeah. you you are in the likes of all those billionaires who run off to the virgin islands with 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 all that money that they're you know the, the that aren't going to pay their fair share and it's really sad that that's the direction we're going so it's really important for people to to protect their assets protect their identity protect their family protect you know these 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 um, these you know they're we're creating you know podcasting and stuff just is exploding, and you know, people if they're not with the narrative, if they're not, um, if they're going against the narrative, or if they, if they if they have ideas that are picking p- picking up, you know, um, uh, traffic and picking up followers, you know, they're going to get doxed. And don't you know, don't make it easy to be doxed. Because that does affect our freedom. That, that falls under you know, freedom of expression, freedom of association. And when you get doxxed, that will definitely impact your freedom. When, when your family and when, when you as a, not you personally, but a podcaster or a content creator is getting death threats or you know police call to your home pretending to be you, it called, you know, it's called swatting, um, that affects your freedom. And people really minimize that when they're starting their own business. They need to create those layers of privacy. And that's how we can help.
0: A hundred percent. And I mean, this is coming at, as you said, the perfect time, um, you know, the temperature in, uh, in the country, the great resignation, um, mm-hmm. the shift in thinking um, liberty minded people are, are making right now. So really yeah. happy that, that you came on and Thank uh, you, you share today with my audience. And uh, just, I'll just say one more time, privacyposts.io. And uh, you'll probably be hearing that that name yes. um, a lot more <laughs> down the road here.
1: So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you say something, John. Else? Really quick. Yeah, just really quick. Um, we have several uh, options for privacy communication. We do have a Proton Mail. Address. We didn't even get into that in encryption. That's on the website. It's very well explained. And if people don't understand it and encryption, they can they can they can learn about it on the, on the internet. Um, anybody can reach out to us, even if they're not interested in South Dakota for for domicile or whatever. If they want to learn how to, if they want some some advice on how they can make their 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 business or their content creation or their their endeavor more private. We'd love to help them out. An email. Uh, signal, it's all on there. Um, people feel free to reach out to us, and, and you know we really believe in privacy, and we we just like to help people. It's not about always making a buck.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome, Dallas. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, John. Hope you guys enjoyed another great interview, another great conversation here on Finding Freedom. Today's episode brought to you by uh, the good people. Nate and Charlie at Good Morning Liberty and their five day per week show where they dive into current events and uh, give you a uh, a sane take, a nice filter on the on the news and political landscape uh, to help you to navigate uh, these turbulent times. Of course, you can subscribe to Good Morning Liberty wherever you get your podcasts. So do that today. And also brought to you by Tyler Colford, also known as Crypto Man. Uh, Tyler is a rapper. And uh, of course, you've probably heard his songs here on this show. Tyler's been a longtime supporter of us here at Lions of Liberty. And I want to uh, encourage you all to go and find his work on iHeartRadio, on Spotify, under Crypto Man, youtube as well check him out listen to his music share his music and thank you tyler for the support guys if you like what you're hearing here at lines of liberty if you like these shows and uh you don't want to miss them i mean like i know like when i get into a podcast there's only there's a few podcasts that i, I don't miss an episode but there's a lot more podcasts where i subscribe and i listen to most episodes so with the Lions of Liberty, like a lot of podcasts, but especially Lions of Liberty, because of the nature of our shows, of our variety show format, and we're always bringing on different guests, uh, different interesting characters, you want to subscribe because you don't want to miss a show. You might miss an episode with someone that you really wanted to hear, and because you're not checking the feed, it's not coming to your phone, um, you're going to miss it when it's dropped. You're going to miss out being in on that initial conversation, uh, maybe happening in the Lions of Liberty Forum, which you can find on Facebook, or maybe happening in our uh, Lions Pride, our private Facebook group, or maybe over on um, Locals, which you can join, uh, become a patron there, uh, lionsofliberty.locals.com. Or if you're a, a patron fan, uh, you can go to slash uh, Lions of Liberty and join up there. You know, we have a bunch of different levels you can join at, get access to the show. You can sponsor shows. You can even produce shows at a certain level. Of course, all the merchandise, all that stuff, you get that at certain levels too. Or if you just want to buy our t-shirts, we got some great designs. Check them out, lionsofliberty.store. Guys, it's been a great show. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I will see you all next week. In the meantime, remember to keep your head up and the fire is liberty burning.